Hey, you're going to be thrilled to know Mike Maga Johnson. He'd be the uh, third in line for the presidency, the new extremist speaker of the House. <laughs> yeah, he came out publicly and said uh, America is not a democracy. This is not a democracy, he says, folks. No, no, America is not a democracy. It is a Christian nation. That's right. He sat up there and spewed bullshit. Told you. They are radicalized. Not a Jewish nation. Not an Islamic nation. This is a Christian nation. Well, we got God and Pledge of Allegiance and all the money and everything. That's right. Some people worship money. Guess what? It's none of your business. The great thing about America is that a person who believes in God Almighty has rights afforded to them by the Constitution of the United States just the same as a man who does not believe in God Almighty or a pagan who believes in Mother Earth. It does not matter. You are free from religion in this country. You can neither be persecuted or held to someone else's beliefs. That is a fact, folks. That is what America is about, and that is why my brother Masons came over here and founded this country to get away from the crown and the Catholic Church. If you try to exercise your religious beliefs on other people against their will, you know what that makes you dipshit? Al-Qaeda. As I successfully fight these political opponent lawsuits. Yeah, you're successfully fighting them, all right. Is that why you and your boys and your daughter are slated to testify in court again this week, dipshit? All created and started by crooked Joe Biden and his group of radical left thoughts. No, no, you sexist fucker. It was Lady Justice who kicked your fucking ass. That's right, chicken shit. Don't be trying to push this off as if you got your ass whipped by a man. No, it was a girl. I realize how insignificant they are compared to the horror of what is going on with Israel and the Middle East and the thousands of people who have so needlessly died in a war that should have never started. As in back in 1917 when all this shit began. Damn, Don, you're a genius. I think you're on to something. I think Joe Biden might have fucking been there. And the millions that could very easily follow, all due to the highly incompetent Biden administration and their policies of weakness and appeasement, 
and of being just plain stupid. Oh, yeah, would you like to clarify? Possibly. And then you have Ukraine, likewise, would have never started if I were president, would have never started. Yeah, because between all the private, unwitnessed, undocumented meetings you had with Vladimir Putin, along with siding up against America, with Vladimir Putin holding hands with him in Helsinki on worldwide television, it was fairly obvious you had plans to give it to him. There wouldn't have been a war because you would have fucking given it to him. You would have given America's number one nemesis whatever they wanted, including the Baltic ports and the Crimean ports. Because all them pussy little Republican senators who never fucking served in the military like Lindsey Graham, Mark Woman Mullen, Jimmy Langford, and all the little tampons who are siding up with Russia got their payday. You wouldn't have inflation. You'd have a great economy. All of these things were preventable. But now we have many hotspots all over the world, something that just three years ago, nothing like this existed. You might be right, Don. None of that existed, as long as you don't count the travel ban, the global gag rule, reversing all the environmental protection regulations that led to three toxic train spills in Ohio. Fired James Comey because he refused to open a baseless fantasy investigation. Largest women's march in U.S. history against your anti-female policies. You withdrew us from the National World Health Organization. Withdrew us from the nuclear uranium deal we had with Iran. Withdrew A.D. Ukraine after they refused to fabricate evidence regarding fucking Hunter Biden. And after a million fucking deaths in seven fucking months, dipshit, you finally declared COVID a national emergency to be dealt with and openly admitted you had contracted it. <laughs> you know what, Don? You're a fucking moron, and so are your disciples. Our country was doing record business. We had no inflation, which is a killer in its own right. It's called a country destroyer. Well, thank God it's been coming down and the economy's on a full blast rebound without your dumb shit policies. Yeah, guess what's next, fuckface? You're going to pay your fair share of taxes, boy. The free ride is over. Oh, you say you're a job creator? No, fucker. That's how you make your living. And you're going to pay the same percentage on your total take-home income just like everybody else, dick. So let them keep suing me over bullshit. Oh, there's the payoff shot, just like in every pornographic movie. There it is. And therein lies the problem. Another spoiled, gutless, self-serving coward who calls the United States institutions and American law bullshit. Yeah, it's all bullshit. Yeah, it's never them. It's always got to be somebody or something else. Especially when the little fuckers get caught. In their hope of election interference, because that's the only way they think they can win. No, Don. Winning is the only way you can keep your ass out of jail. Let's be real clear about that. The only reason, Mr. Twice Impeached, you're running for fucking president is so you're not sitting in the clink now. But guess what? Presidential candidate or not, you keep running that fucking mouth, you're going to get thrown in jail because you're not above the law, dickhead. And neither are any of the dumbass disciples following you. We're leading in the polls by 
massive numbers? Actually, I'm happy to say that 40% of Republicans have decided to pull their heads out of their asses and stick up for the country over their furor. Yeah, 40%. And that's because our country has become disabled. Fuck you. You're the only thing broken around here, you spoiled little fit-throwing shit. You're a fucking cop killer and a disgrace to this nation and anybody that follows you. Anybody with a Trump sticker on their vehicle, as far as I'm concerned, is a domestic terrorist and a fucking cop killer. You'll drop to your knees, sell this country out to Russia. Next thing you know, you'll be giving Taiwan to China. Just bend over and spread your ass cheeks, you fucking pussies! We're a nation in decline. We are not going to let our country die. We will successfully fight it. You're damn right he just said that. We are not going to let our country die. We will successfully fight it. We will make America great again, greater than ever before. What he meant to say was unlike ever before. And you spoiled fit-throwing tampons are helping him do it. You hard-headed pussies who refuse, refuse to admit you're wrong for following that cocksucker. You turned your back on your country, and I'm ashamed of you. Innocent Americans are in danger. Yeah, they're in danger around you because you've proven you will turn on anybody as long as somebody's pulling your prick. New York's pitching about. Y'all, the migrants have been bust up there. Y'all want to come across the border? Well, they're out there now in Queens in the red light district. Hey, these girls are making a buck. Good looking Latina girls. Whole new busloads of fresh, hot Latina girls. Yeah. Sex for little old men up there. Hey, blow your fucking disability check and have sex with some hot 20 something year old Latina. Fuck yeah. She got to pay the rent. See, listen, folks, you can call it immoral. And for you, it's immoral. Okay. It's also none of your fucking business. What they're doing. Yeah, it might be illegal. They'll get caught. They'll go to jail. Meanwhile, this is healthy for the economy. These women are going to go right back out and put that money right back in the economy. That's right. On condoms and formula and diapers and shit. Every fucking overpriced convenience store in Queens, they're going to get a big boost to their business. There's going to be more revenue for Queens. The streets are going to get fixed. This is what keeps the world going round. Everybody working together. (laughs) Sounds like bullshit and a joke, but it's really very true. I'm not into paying for sex. Have I paid for sex? Yeah, one time, but I didn't mean to, if that makes any fucking sense. I paid for sex one time in my life, but I didn't mean to. I mean, I paid for her, but I wasn't going to do her. Hey, read the fucking, or listen to the fucking book, okay? Anyway, what was I babbling about? Oh, yeah. Mind your own fucking business, folks. Do you realize how much energy, how much of your life you throw down the toilet trying to control other people that aren't hurting you at all? They're not doing a fucking thing to you. They're not upsetting you. They're not bothering you. The people who are mainly fucking you are the very people you've elected. That's right. They're getting their payday every day. They're getting that big, fat government check, and I've seen them government checks. They get paid well. And they also get those free fucking benefits and travel and shit, folks. 
They're living high on the hog. The once they're in office, they don't want to leave office. Nah, they're living good. Same old song and fucking dance. You get in there, you get a taste of the good life. Your fucking moral compass goes right out the window. You start lying to your constituents. You turn your back on them. You start writing legislation to strip rights away from Americans. You just fucked over your own country and lied to your own hometown and neighborhood for money. Well, it's going to come back on their asses. That's right, Scott Fettgetter, Stephanie Bice. All of you fuckers, Hearn, all of you, this wave is going to come down. And when it does someday, you're going to answer. I just know that I'm one of millions of honorable men out there that don't fall for your bullshit. I have lost children, motherfuckers. And the one thing I learned after losing children was that it was no one's business. No one's business. It was me, the woman, the doctor, and God. No one else belonged. It was so hurtful and so painful. How dare anyone have the arrogance to believe they know what's best for anyone in that given situation, and their one umbrella policy will cover it. You're going to answer for that, boy. Real good. Because some little girl is going to die on that table and her baby's going to die too and that daddy is going to remember you and he's coming for you, I guarantee it. You're going to answer for what you did to that family! You're an arrogant, radicalized, zealot terrorist. And you stuck your nose where it didn't belong. Scott Fettgetter, Stephanie Bice, Mark Woman Mullen, Kevin Steady Britches. You best be writing some amendments real quick, motherfuckers. And you best be reversing some laws and giving people's rights back. You best do something, because your ass is on the hook. Leaving office is not going to erase people's memories. That's a guarantee. And I sure as fuck won't let people forget what kind of a person you are. That is a guarantee. I'm going to hound your ass to your grave. Doctors are saying oral sex is worse than smoking for throat cancer. This is a brand new study that just came out. I cannot believe I'm seeing this. This story just come down the pike. Oral sex is worse than smoking when it comes to throat cancer. But that's not if you're dining at the Y. It only applies to the sword swallowers. If you swallow swords. They can gag me with a spoon. You're best up lighting a tasty Marlboro. That's it. Have a good cigarette. You want to avoid throat cancer, don't you? Don't leave a lot of lonely, pissed-off guys out there in the dark. Weren't we just talking about all these hot Latinas up in Queens blowing guys for money? Wow. I bet they see a spike in throat cancer. <laughs> Takazaruka, Japan, Paris, France, and Oshaleta, Oklahoma. <laughs> They're listening. They're on the map, and... I just want to say thanks to everybody who's listening to the show around the world, especially uh, Brussels, Belgium. My goodness, have you guys ticked up? 
you know, my top five listeners are San Jose, San Francisco, number four, Washington, D.C., number three, Brussels, Belgium, and then, of course, Altmulgee County, where I live, and uh, Kansas. The state of Kansas is my number one listener. I don't know what the tie is there. It could be Kansas. Kirstie Alley winked at me. She sure as shit did. I saw her in the lobby of a hotel late one night in L.A., and she was on the payphone. She wasn't talking, but she was either listening to somebody or waiting for somebody to pick up. But I was just a damn kid. She was, too. I think she was working on the Star Trek thing back then. But um, I recognized her immediately because I so wanted to do her. Um, it's unfortunate I was there to pick up my girlfriend, or I so would have let her cougar my ass. You bet I would have. She's a little bit older than me, but damn, she winked at me. I was so happy. <laughs> Anyway, um, I only bring all that up because I can't think of a a clever and interesting way to go into my friend Kevin Carlson, go into talking about my friend Kevin Carlson, so I just will. I met Kevin after bombing down Poinsettia. <laughs> I'd come out of the coma, I went back home. I was going to college, getting my shit in order, and um, my major was in television production and journalism in college, but I went ahead and applied for an internship at a radio station in Tulsa, Oklahoma, K107. I was sitting in the lobby waiting for a meeting I was to have with the program director, Cy Vallenhod. While I was sitting there waiting for the meeting, a big burly guy stepped out of a nearby production room and... um, it was Kevin Carlson. He was looking for another voice. He saw me sitting in the lobby, and he goes, Hey, man, can I borrow you for a second? Went to the production room with Kevin. He was putting together a Christmas promotion. He gave me the lines, and uh, he said, Could you just read this with some enthusiasm? And Well, I got lucky, and I nailed it on the first take. Well, about that time, Cy Vallenhod poked his head in the production room, the guy I was to be interviewing with, and he goes, hey, man, I see you two have already met. Well, long story short, next thing you know, I was an intern, and I quickly became a producer for Carlson and McKenzie back in 1992. Kevin and Pete used to have a bit they did every Friday called Free For All Friday. That's what they allow anyone to call into the radio station, and you have the freedom to say whatever you want. However you want, you got the floor. Well, unfortunately, at 6 o'clock in the morning, you don't always get the most exciting fucking calls on a Friday. And believe you me, Kevin had to put a show together with no fucking show. He was struggling. The calls he was getting was shit. Trying to help a fellow artist out. I set his music and his commercials near his soundboard, and I exited the room telling him I was going to the bathroom. Instead, I just walked down to the production room, the very production room where we had just met weeks prior. I picked up the production room phone. I called the station line. He answered, K107, free for all Friday. And I told a stupid joke. I lifted off David Letterman the night before. That's right. I stole a joke from David Letterman, and I told it during free for all Friday on Kevin's show. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, 1992. 
Yeah, I was walking down the street in Vegas, and a guy came running up to me. Hey, can you give me 50 bucks? My wife, she needs her medicine or she's going to die. Oh, come on, man. I give you this 50 bucks, you're just going to go in the casino and gamble it away. Oh, no, 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 man. I've got gambling money. (laughs) That's it. Stan the Joke Man was born. And it was all due to my friend Kevin Carlson, who recognized my talent as I did his. Kevin and Pete moved from Tulsa. They ended up going up to Ohio, Virginia, New York, upstate and downstate, and God only knows where else. Then, But no matter where they went, me and Kevin always stayed in touch, and I was always one of their top writers. I loved writing bits with Kevin, like Sensel Survey, making friends in the restroom. Those were our bits, ticking off a trucker. Those were Kevin Carlson creations. And I was just proud to ride on that man's coattails. I learned a tremendous amount from him. I learned how to be funny from Kevin. He taught me how to make it right funny for radio. You know what I mean? (laughs) I still fuck it up. But Kevin was my first mentor. He brought the funny out of me. We fed off each other, but... You know, then I had Rick Dees that helped me complicate shit, but it paid well. And um, then, of course, my last mentor, K-Hit, Sean, he, he, he taught me how to control the shit, you know. And, yeah, controlling's fun, but fuck that. So I had to get them shackles off of me. But still, those were my mentors, and, well, I lost one, and it hurts, obviously. Life goes on, though. And you know what's so crazy? I went and I played poker that very night because I cried twice. I openly wept, cried two times when I found out Kevin had died. And I went and I played cards that night. And lo and behold, wouldn't you know, I come home with come home with 1,200 more than I left with. So, hey. <laughs> yeah, he was probably right there with me, that fat fucker. I sure did love hating him. And I'm selfish because I... um. I'm going to miss him because I don't have anybody to show off for anymore. I'm really going to miss you, Kevin. The world is cracked. The sky is torn.
So much less means so much more.